Welcome to the Erectile Dysfunction Radio Podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to educating and empowering men to address erectile dysfunction, improve confidence, and enhance the satisfaction in their relationships. This podcast is brought to you by ErectionIQ.com. Learn more at ErectionIQ.com. Welcome to the Erectile Dysfunction Radio Podcast. I am Mark Goldberg, Certified Sex Therapist. I am deeply passionate about working with men like you to help resolve their ED. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Rectile Dysfunction Radio Podcast. I am your host today, Casey Calnan, joined alongside certified sex therapist Mark Goldberg. We're going to be discussing overcoming anxiety in the bedroom today. Mark, what might be the root cause of performance anxiety in the bedroom as far as you can tell? This is a, again, a very loaded topic. I think many, many men who struggle with erections experience some form of performance anxiety. The root causes of performance anxiety are really hard to pin down because it really is going to vary from situation to situation and from man to man. One of the first things that is important to understand about oneself is where else do you experience pronounced anxiety? Do you have some predisposition to anxiety? Are you generally an anxious thinker? So if you find that you ruminate about a number of topics, performance anxiety is going to be another one of those topics. So you might have anxiety about your performance at work. Uh, you might have anxiety about driving to work. And generally speaking, if the brain is already primed to think in anxious patterns, sexual performance oftentimes is going to fall into the same category. There's a lot of specifics when it comes to performance anxiety, and men will vary in terms of what the specific performance anxiety is. It will be difficult to enumerate all the different paths that performance anxiety goes down over the podcast, but I think based on the title of this episode, we're really talking about performance anxiety with a partner. So I want to at least get that distinction out in front, that there is such a concept of performance anxiety with sexual activity when somebody is alone, uh, engaging in masturbation. But for the purposes of this episode, we're looking at performance anxiety in the bedroom. So I think one helpful breakdown here for our listeners to understand is that performance anxiety can be about the impact on a partner, what a, a man is able to elicit from his partner in terms of uh, their pleasure. And another general road is how a man feels about himself performing that really is not dependent so much on the partner. It's how he feels, how he looks, how he appears. If he is like in the role that he wants to be, irrespective of a partner's reaction. And I think that um, without really getting down too deep into some of the root causes of performance anxiety, I think at least that breakdown will help our listeners at least be able to kind of sort out what some of their performance anxiety categories uh, may be. That's correct. We are discussing overcoming anxiety in the bedroom, specifically with a partner in a partnered setting. So how can a sex therapist such as yourself help ease anxious feelings that arise in the bedroom? So that's a, a great question. Different therapists are going to approach uh, performance anxiety in different ways. Some therapists really focus on the 
emotions on the the feelings that a person is actually experiencing and uh, they may uh, work with those men to help them develop skills to ease those feelings. We did an episode on mindfulness not too long ago. Uh, mindfulness as a slew of interventions and techniques that are meant to soothe and ease some of those anxious feelings uh, to help people really be able to calm their own system down. Other therapists look at this from more of a cognitive or more of a thought perspective. What that means is performance anxiety and anxiety in general can be experienced in thought. Uh, the what if questions, the worry, uh, seeing the really devastating outcomes playing out in your mind before they happen. And there are a number of cognitive interventions and techniques, psychoeducation that can help to restructure some of those unhelpful thought patterns that lead to these anxious feelings. Uh, there also are behavioral interventions that uh, other therapists may use, and those include uh, being able to engage both alone and or with a partner in different ways than they have been engaging up until now. The intention of these interventions is to lead to what's called corrective experiences that allow for a person Ultimately, this also has a cognitive impact, but it allows them to process these experiences in a new type of way, leading to a reduction in anxiety and ultimately facilitating better performance. So will taking a pill end anxiety in the bedroom? So Casey, what, what do you mean by pill? There are pills for anxiety and there are pills for erections. In an ideal world, there would be a pill that would both ease anxiety and assist an erection. Does such a thing exist? So let's let's take a moment and go down each each road. So to my knowledge, there is no pill that currently exists that both uh, physiologically helps to facilitate erections and physiologically helps helps to reduce the the biological causes of anxiety. So if we're looking at anxiety medications, those medications can be a little bit of a uh, double-edged sword. They can help to reduce the anxiety, but they also have sexual side effects on the peripheral nervous system. And that can lead to complexities when it comes to sexual performance, in particular with ejaculation, but it certainly can have implications for erections. Yeah. Now, when it comes to medications, uh, in particular the PDE5 inhibitors, so they certainly can have a positive impact on erections. And PDE5 inhibitors would include... Your Viagra, your Cialis, etc. Correct. Viagra, Cialis, the generics of those medications as well. So what I think oftentimes actually happens is certainly with younger men who do not have any uh, detectable physiological issues going on, uh, a lot of times there will be a psychological effect of knowing that they have taken the pill. Um, it probably does have some physical enhancements as well. There's no question. But from a pure biological standpoint, uh, that pill was usually not necessary. But I think it does have a calming effect and it helps to at least acutely alleviate the anxiety. Let me say a, a word or two of caution about that. So I think that taking a pill is a you know perfectly fine intervention, certainly if uh, it is medically indicated, um, and even if it is not necessarily biologically justified, I think that, that can help break out of this anxiety cycle. And for you know, a fair amount of men, taking that pill is going to help get them on the right track. If men continue to need that pill, and they certainly don't need it 
again, just from a health standpoint, but they're dependent on it to alleviate their anxiety, I think it's time to really talk to somebody about this because this usually will not be a good long-term solution. The underlying anxiety process is going to persist. So if you come off the pill and the anxiety just kind of rushes right back in, it really is time to address this anxiety head on because that is going to set you up long-term for much better outcomes. Yeah. And talking a lot about the pill aspect of the intervention is a little bit out of the scope of today's episode on overcoming anxiety in the bedroom. But can you remind listeners on at least two episodes that we've done on the Erectile Dysfunction Radio podcast that that were similar to that? Do you remember? I, I believe that we recorded an episode with uh, Dr. Eileen Mintz about uh, SSRIs That's right. uh, and the impact on uh, sexual function, and in particular on erections. And some examples of SSRIs would be that would include uh prozac um i believe albutrin is in the ssri or sri uh category specifically dealing with anxiety not the erectile dysfunction aspect correct specifically dealing with anxiety yes and and uh want to again just just emphasize that if somebody needs to be on uh anti-anxiety medication uh, they should absolutely not stop their medication without consulting their prescriber. Uh, these medications are important. Mental health is uh, of extreme importance to myself, uh, but also to people's well-being in general. So I want to make sure that our listeners understand that very clear. That while anxiety can have sexual side effects, while anxiety medications can have sexual side effects, uh, they certainly uh, people should not, on their own, determine that that is what is causing their uh, sexual dysfunction, mm-hmm. and then choose on their own to go off of that. They can have much worse ramifications. And there are better ways to go about addressing this and finding the right balance with professionals between uh, mental health needs and sexual health needs. Yeah. And on the sexual health end, we did an episode, you did an episode, Mark, with Dr. Kira about PDE5 inhibitors, correct? Yes, that is correct. I think that episode also will be very informative to any listeners who want to know more just about uh, PDE5 inhibitors. Uh, the interplay between therapy and PD-5 inhibitors, how we all kind of work together uh, to help men um, find a lasting solution to really overcome erectile dysfunction. Correct. So just to put a bow on that question, will taking a pill end anxiety in the bedroom So I'll, is, I'll, it, yeah. is a difficult, open-ended question with it many is. variables. Uh, is there many variables? I'll give a quick summary. For some men, it will. I'll acknowledge that. For some men, it'll be enough to end the anxiety cycle. And I'm not opposed as a therapist to that being used on a short-term basis to help men get over that initial hump. If, however, it, again, without there being a real chemical dependency, but if it becomes a psychological dependency, I think that is when it's time to really talk to somebody about addressing the underlying anxiety. Alcohol is a, they call it a social lubricant. It has been obviously used and abused many, many instances for many generations. What are your thoughts on the use of alcohol to overcome anxious feelings in the bedroom? It's a tough question. I guess it's a really, really tough question. I definitely understand that a drink or two uh, can help to lower inhibitions. I think it can create some eroticism and some stimulation. It can help people be vulnerable. And I recognize the value in that. At the same time, I want to draw a very clear distinction. 
if alcohol is the only way to overcome those anxious feelings in the bedroom, I don't think that is okay. As I don't think you can be self-medicating with alcohol in order to overcome those anxious feelings. That is a very short-sighted solution. Um, so much like uh, using a medication in the short term to help kind of ease things in, within reason, I can understand it. I'm not advocating for it. I'm not condoning it. And I don't think it's the best approach. But I do understand the role of alcohol in helping to take the edge off for both men and women. However, I don't think it is a healthy way to establish a sexual relationship that each and every time you go to engage in partnered sexual activity, uh, a couple shots or a couple drinks have to be had by each partner in order to ease into things. It's just not a good direction to be in. Yeah, and I would just add that it's, it may help you once or twice, but then really quickly when you're talking with when you're talking about alcohol, it just it seems to be a quick slippery slippery slope where you could really quickly form a habit where you're really wanting to introduce it like every time, and that can be a problem in and of itself. I think. Yeah, I think also a couple other points that I want to make on this topic, and we probably should do a full episode. Uh, talking about the impact Sounds of alcohol. Like it. yeah. it's, it's important, but I'll, I'll say a few other points. So one, unlike uh, PD-5 inhibitors, too much alcohol can also negatively impact sexual function. Um, so there is a you know certainly a concept out there that over-inebriation um, can lead to uh, just issues with, with uh, blood flow, uh, even acutely, and can lead to um, problems with erections. Uh, which is certainly not where people want to be. Uh, the second point that I would make on this topic is ultimately, uh, I believe that people should be certainly in, in relationships they're trying to establish, they should be working toward more open, vulnerable communication around sex. Those are the ingredients to long term um, sexual relationship health, I believe. Um, like we've covered in other episodes, it's challenging to be in a long term relationship. Using alcohol to fuel yourself through that is just not a healthy long-term approach. And I think that doing that for too long is going to create a situation where you're just not going to develop the communication skills that you need with your partner for long-term success. That's a really interesting and thoughtful response um, because overcoming anxiety and alcohol certainly comes up a lot and it's not just something that comes up sexually it's certainly used in a lot of social situations to overcome anxiety with with people mm -hmm. that you know commonly suffer from social anxiety so are feelings of anxiety in the bedroom strictly between couples that are unfamiliar with each other or does it happen in long-term relationships as well anxiety really knows no bounds and performance anxiety knows no bounds there's a different manifestation of performance anxiety at different stages of relationships. Just to kind of you know, flesh out a little bit more about what I mean, like we covered earlier, a person can certainly experience uh, performance anxiety in a new relationship. Uh, they don't know how their partner is going to respond. They don't know what their partner is going to think. And uh, this can get a lot of uh, fast-moving thoughts going through the brain leading to performance anxiety. On the flip side, in a long-term relationship, it is very plausible and very likely that if you're listening to this podcast and you're in a long-term relationship, you have had that experience where maybe it was one too many drinks, maybe you were tired, maybe you were really stressed, and you just weren't quite in the mood 
and your partner initiated and you tried to just kind of go ahead as if you were a machine and it didn't work. Well, now you might be 16 years into a relationship, 21 years into a relationship. And that first encounter of pronounced sexual dysfunction can now open the door to performance anxiety. What's going to happen the next time? Is it going to work? This never happened before. What's wrong with me? So there really is no specific time cap or specific time when performance anxiety is going to be more pronounced or less pronounced. This can happen to really anybody at any point. Like I said earlier in this episode, if you are more predisposed towards anxious thinking, I think that you are probably more likely to experience performance anxiety. Uh, but certainly many men who haven't experienced or have not been aware of anxious thinking prior to the onset of sexual dysfunction will develop a form of performance anxiety when they first encounter erectile dysfunction or they first encounter some other form of sexual dysfunction. You've been listening to the Erectile Dysfunction Radio podcast today. We've been discussing overcoming anxiety in the bedroom. Mark, do you have any final thoughts for our listeners on this subject before we call it a day here? So the one piece I would add here is, again, this is very common. And I think most men are going to encounter some form of acute performance anxiety in a partnered setting. Even if erections are not an issue, even if ejaculation is not an issue, mm -hmm. there still are patterns of performance anxiety that are developing in many, many bedrooms. Uh, it's a much broader topic to talk about in terms of uh, the anxiety that many people feel if they are partner-focused, uh, wondering uh, what the impact is on the partner, is the partner enjoying uh, does the partner want to be there? And all of that can be happening for weeks, months, or even years, sometimes decades. Okay. This can go on. But people don't really stop to think about this because there's no pronounced sexual dysfunction. But I think it's an important thing to be aware of that this is extremely common. It is an anxiety-provoking experience. And culture for, again, generations and millennia have socialized and trained men to view themselves as a really performance-driven or performance-based uh, type of creature. And certainly in the bedroom, uh, I think this mantra continues and many men carry that you know millennia of burden on their shoulders. If you listen to this podcast regularly, you know there is a huge mental component that goes into achieving an erection. Mark Goldberg, the certified sex therapist who hosts this podcast, felt as though this was a very underserved topic of education in men's health. That's why he designed Beyond the Little Blue Pill, the thinking man's guide to addressing ED. The course is designed to educate and fundamentally help you change the way you think about erections check it out at erectioniq.com front slash course you can explore three modules of this course completely free see if there's something in there that can help you erectioniq.com slash course and you can learn more there thanks for listening to the erectile dysfunction radio podcast for more information on today's topic and understanding how the mind impacts erectile dysfunction please visit erectioniq.com